Hey guys, episode 271. We'll talk to Russell Dickerson. He's stopping by the house. Bobby and Eddie's music school. I'll tell you some surprising stories about TV theme songs. And Eddie talks about Chris Gaines, who was Garth Brooks' character. Uh, obviously, we do the new music top five every week. My top five things, elements, albums that I'm most excited about at number five. The sons of Stone Temple Pilots, Guns N' Roses, and Metallica members have formed a new band called Suspect 208. Now, to me, this is just interesting, maybe a little too hard for you, but they released their first song this week called Long Awaited. She tries hard to get me. They keep it's just cool that all those guys' sons are now in a band together. It sounds pretty good. I mean, if that's your style of music. At number four, Miranda Lambert has a new song called Champion. It's from the Make It Up As We Go podcast soundtrack. Here you go. So I do it all again. Everything I had to lose to At number three, Morgan Wallen released a few new songs. Here is a clip of one of them called Living the Dream. Go back a couple episodes and hear the talk with Morgan Wallen. It was really good. At number two... New artist Nikita Carmen has a new song out called Pirates Tonight. And then number one, Matt Carney put out a song recently called Grand Canyon, which is a jam, but he just released another one that's called Can't Look Back. And here it is. Go ahead and rest your eyes, cause you can't look back. You can't look back. Also music from... Wolfgang Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen's son, his first single called Distance. And Walker Burroughs has a new Christmas song called Christmas Lights. Still waiting for the snow to fall. Doesn't really feel like Christmas at all. Taylor Acorn has a new song called Somebody Else. Tim McGraw has a greatest hits album. And Sean Mendez and Justin Bieber have a new song called Monster. Albums coming out this week. Garth Brooks released Fun and Triple Live Deluxe, but you can't get that on the streaming services unless you go to Amazon, right? That's it. Yeah. Sarah Buxton has a new EP out called Signs of Life, and Lady A released a deluxe edition to Ocean, so check that out. In music news, Scooter Braun sells the Masters of Taylor Swift. I wouldn't say they're Taylor Swift's Masters because she doesn't own them. True. But she sold that he sold the masters that he bought that Taylor Swift wants to buy back. She's not happy. It's a whole situation. I don't want anybody's camp busting me on Instagram for saying anything. You know what? Because I don't care. <laughs> but it's the most in the weeds music conversation that I've ever seen be so public. Yeah. You know, I know Kanye was trying to buy his, but it's nothing compared to this. Yeah, this is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So good luck to both of them. Let them both be very happy in their life with their gabillions of dollars. The Waffle House jukebox top songs are in. 
At number five, The Weeknd, Can't Feel My Face. At number four, Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk? Can we talk? Old school jam. Yeah. At number three, Justin Bieber, Yummy, which is yeah, what I sing every time I get that waffle. Mm. <laughs> location by Khalid at number two. And then number one, Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton. Other music news, Dolly Parton helped fund the vaccine for Moderna. She donated a million dollars to Vanderbilt, and that's where it went. Now they got a vaccine's about 95% effective. Let's go, baby. Uh, Gwen Stefani is leaving The Voice. Lil Nas X says he got tired of Old Town Road. Hey, join the club, bud. (laughs) Although I do like it again now it comes on. I'm still tired of it until I realize... Like, I'm like, oh, I'm tired of that song. But when it comes on and I'm not expecting it to be on, I'm always like, I'm going to sit. And I'm like, oh, I'm t- I forgot I'm tired of the song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's your new music and your music news. Thank you, guys. Bobby and Eddie's Music School is now in session. Up in the morning and out to school. All right, in my side of music school, I'm going to teach you about the five surprising stories behind TV theme songs that you know. Okay, cool. At number five, the most surprising, number five for Cheers. The original theme was more about Ted Danson's character, Sam. And in, instead of the lines like you hear here, this is not the original theme. Nah, this okay. is the, the one that we hear now. The original said stuff like, singing the blues when the Red Sox lose. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a crisis in your life. On the run. Because all your girlfriends want to be your wife. <laughs> nice. It's all about him, yeah. Right. So, because the show was, even though it was very much about Sam, it was all about Sam at the beginning. Yeah. So, Cheers, that's not the original song. This is the one they went with, though. Number four, The Andy Griffith Show. Do you know that theme? That's it. Whistle. Nice. <laughs> you better now, because he played it already. <laughs> the composer named Earl Hagen who also did the themes for Dick Van Dyke show and That Girl, was struggling with this until he goes, all right, we just got to keep it simple. He said, quote, I thought, that thing ought to be simple enough to whistle. And it took him about 10 minutes to write it. He whistled (laughs) it himself on the track, despite the fact he'd never whistled before in his life. Wow. So this is the guy just recording to a microphone. That's cool. And he's never whistled before. I don't know how to whistle. I have a rough whistle. Do you? Do you have to put a lot of pressure in that whistle? I can to do get two whistles, right? I can do the high pitched one. Mm-hmm. That one. Weak. It's a little airy. That's actually my stronger one. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to do the next one. <laughs> or I can do this one. That's pretty good. That's that, like that, a train whistle. That's like a my, my lips going to an O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm. You probably know this one. It's already a song, wasn't it? No. It wasn't? This is a theme song. I thought it was like a Will Smith song or something. They wanted to embrace that they were basically doing the hip-hop Beverly Hillbillies, and they wanted the theme to tell the story of how Will ended up in Bel Air. They had only about three weeks before the show premiered. Will Smith didn't have that much time. He wrote it in 15 minutes. It was like, Love it. Just, just tell the story. Just tell the story. So don't make it such a song. Just tell the story. That's cool. There's no chorus to it. Yeah, that's it. All right, don't play the, this one yet. Let me tell the story first. Gilligan's Island. Yeah. The original theme was composed by John Williams, who later did Star Wars, hey, Jaws, all Indiana the Jones. Yeah, all that. 
In that version, the professor is just a high school teacher. Ginger and Marianne are two secretaries, and the passengers take a six-hour ride instead of a three-hour tour. Oh, wow. Even after they changed their minds, the theme was tweaked. In the version that aired during season one, it aired. It ended with the movie star and the rest. But then it turned into the movie star, the professor and Marianne. Wow. So it Fun made fact. changes. Here's a Gilligan's Island theme. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor and the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. That was going to be a six-hour ride. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound good. Three-hour tour. And then finally, the Friends theme song. Oh. Now, you know, bam, here's the clip from the Rembrandts. You know that song, right? Yes, of course. Gonna be, that, gonna be this way. So this was the song they originally wanted to use. R.E.M., It's the End of the World as We Know It. Same feel. So that was the vibe they're aiming for, like, this is the song yeah. we want to use. The Rembrandts were surprised when the theme premiered on the show because they didn't add the four claps. Mm. The things that dang song's known most for. Of course, the claps. So the producers had tacked them on whenever adding that song to the theme. Isn't that crazy? Nice, I like that. There you go. That's from mentalfloss.com. Some of the surprising stories behind TV theme songs. Eddie, what do you have? I have 21 years ago, Garth Brooks hosts Saturday Night Live, but there's a special show because he did it as a dual guest. Garth Brooks was the guest. Chris Gaines was the musical guest. So he did a skit. Here's a clip here of him doing a skit with Tracy Morgan. Chris Gaines, the first time he see a knife, he gonna skate on you. Man, he's soft, man. The dude is chicken. And he fat, too. What? Fat? He's fat. You can see the gut through that outfit, man. If you were that big, they'd be calling you Girth Brooks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got this soup can with you tonight, man. You should have booked Willie Nelson. Hold on, hold on. You like Willie Nelson? He smoked weed, right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. Chris Gaines ain't lived, man. His insides are pink. That's funny. Yeah, so Chris Gaines was the musical guest, and uh, it's been the t- the video clip of, of this performance has been pulled off YouTube, but don't worry, I found a clip. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, here it is. Now, what do you know about this whole Chris Gaines? Because this is a big deal. I mean, I think... It was supposed to be a movie, mm-hmm. and this Chris Gaines project was the soundtrack to that movie, so it wasn't just a character he invented to do a record for. Bingo. The movie fell out. I think Chris Gaines was in an accident, and his face was messed up a little bit, and that's why he played, it was like dark and covered. But that's that's what I know about it. Yeah, that you, you nailed it. I mean, it was supposed to be a movie, obviously, and they want to publicize the movie. They said, let's do a record first, and this will be the publicity. But, but dude, honestly, when this came out, I don't I know if they it. intended it to be, but I think me included, we were all confused. Like, what is I happening? It. I didn't. I was like, Garth Brooks playing another character. It's more ways to hear Garth Brooks. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's funny, too, because I saw a documentary with uh, the Garth documentary. It's an A&E doc or whatever. And Trisha Yearwood's talking about Chris Gaines. She's like, anyone that doesn't understand what Garth was trying to do with Chris Gaines, you're out of your mind. It was genius what he was trying to do. And she, she's got his back on that. And I just and I don't think it's a bad it was a bad thing. I just didn't understand it. And I think that was the problem with most of America. It was like we didn't understand what he was trying to do. And I was like, is he trying to go rock? Well, if you have to explain it, you need to dumb it down a little yeah. bit. That's the problem. Just in general with all 
you know, if you're known for something, you have to explain what you're doing. People aren't going to listen for an explanation. They yeah. just want to know and see if they like it or not. Yeah. So I think they just chalked that one down as a loss. But here's his single that he released called Lost in You. That's good. Honestly, dude, if Garth wasn't a country superstar and this is what he did, we'd all accept it. Absolutely. And he's singing and that, love it. in that higher register, too. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like, oh, I got friends. Yeah. That's all. I, I remember that song. I like Pretty that cool. song. Do you remember the Saturday Night Live performance? No. Yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. I remember it being very confused about it. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. That's music school. Class dismissed. That was Bobby and Eddie's music school. Uh, I was just recording some stuff at the Opry, and what happened was, you're playing the Opry next this mm-hmm. weekend. Next weekend. Okay, whatever. I mean, the, well, yeah, whatever the too. case is, I was recording promos for you, and I was doing some stuff backstage too. Because some weekends I'm not able to be there because I'm shooting my Nat Geo show. Mm-hmm. So I go and we're shooting. That's why I have some makeup up and breaking Bobby. So we're off, and I'm reading your script, and it's like, hey, Russell Dickerson, and it says. Don't correct oh, me. God. Don't, don't oh, correct no. me. Yeah. No, no. It says Russell Dickerson, so many number ones. He's got three number ones. And I stop him. I go, whoa, whoa, guys. We need to fix the script here. Because I know for a fact Russell has four now. Yeah, dude. And they Thank were like, you, bro. you're welcome. I was looking you're out looking for you. out for your boy. And they were like, oh, he does? Well, last time we looked, I said, well, this week he's got the number one song. Bam. So I was dude, thinking about you. And, thank you. And congratulations. I appreciate that, man. Huh. Thanks for looking out for your boy. Do you feel, though, now with four number ones, like you can take a breath, not in a way of relaxing, but in not worrying that you won't stay. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, with everyone, it gets that way. And I think why this one is so special is because it's off album two, you know? And, and I think this kind of nips the sophomore slump in the bud, you know? This is the first song from the second album? For, yeah. But the full record is hold it's, and I'm, it's I have no notes. Yet. Right, it's called Southern, Southern Symphony. Symphony. Yeah, I'm the biggest Russell Dickerson Dude. stand there is. <laughs> <laughs> so Dude. the song is out. Mm-hmm. The record is not yet, record and you already have a number one before the record's even out. Mm-hmm. Come on, what, yeah. what else can you ask? Dude, for? I don't know. I don't know. That's like best case scenario. So it comes out December fourth. Let me play your four number ones in case we have some brand new Russell okay. D fans. All right, uh, yours. Here you go. I came to life and I first kissed you. Which, by the way, funny story. I, of course, I, I'm just going to go ahead and interrupt you there. Yes, I will come sing at your wedding. Wasn't the question? I absolutely. <laughs> will. Thank you for asking. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we, <laughs> Caitlin and I were listening to songs last night because she's trying to find a song to walk down the aisle to. She doesn't want to walk down to dun 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 dun, right. and we wanted to pick a song that meant a lot to us. But we were scrolling, and why I think about yours is because there's a whole wedding mix of this mm-hmm. song too that I didn't yeah. even know. It's mm-hmm. how was it different though? Uh, it's just stripped back. There's no drums. There's no you know. There's no big guitar solo. It's like a kind of piano cello y vibe. But we didn't pick it. But it was up there yeah. in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> we just and but I I was like, hey, this song's really great. And yeah. I was like, I, I love Russell. We just didn't have a story to it as a uh, yeah, couple. Absolutely. So I have yeah. to like defend myself now. I'm like, hey man, that's a great song. Trust me. <laughs> uh, so that was your first number one. Here is Blue Tacoma. Here is Every Little Thing. Cause I love 
I mean, that's a jam. Listen, of all of your, listen, they're all good, right? But that's the one that it comes on. I can't get it out of my head. That, yes, that's the goal. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. And, you know, it's not a slow love song. So your sets, one of your big hits has got energy. Got to. Yeah. That's what was so huge about this song actually taking off was like, we finally have more than, I mean, I remember t- having to teach people Blue Tacoma in the crowd, you know? And so to have that, you know, it's kind of mid-ish, but then every little thing, bro, when yeah, that was popping. Yeah, Blue Tacoma's mid. Yeah. Yeah. And so when every little thing was just like, nice. felt so good to have in the set. And this, uh, Love You Like I Used To, which feels like just looking at the title, like you're saying, I don't love you like I used to in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Did yeah. you know that when you yeah, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So, but it doesn't mean that at all. No. So in the first verse, we kind of wanted that to be the kind of fake out. It's like, I've always loved you, but something's changed. Blame it on time, whatever. But it's not the same. And you know what I mean? It's it up, up until the chorus just punches you in the face. That's what we wanted you to think that it was a breakup song. But it's like, this gets better every time you kiss me like this. You know what I mean? So I'm such a melody guy that it took me a while. Sure. I was like, okay, well, he's sad about something. But then I just knew. But then it took me a little bit as just a guy that doesn't know lyrics. Right. Good, good, good though. Congratulations, Thanks, man. Thanks, man. It's a big week. Is uh, all of these songs, were they written with, were all four of them written with the same folks? Same folks, yeah. Casey Brown and Parker Welling. My Belmont friends. That was like I I tried the I tried the hit songwriter route. You know, I wrote with I mean I don't have to name all the people, but I wrote with all the who's who's of songwriters and it just didn't the magic wasn't there. Do they have because I don't know either one of them and and I'm I'm saying this in the most respectful way. Mm-hmm. There's obviously something that clicks with the battery of you three. Sure. Have they written other massive hits or big hits? This is all our first four number ones. That's freaking awesome. So cool, man. It's uh, I mean, even at, like at yours, the first number one we all had together, dude, I was just like standing up there. You know how you have the number one parties and everybody gather around, there's chips and salsa and everything. And I'm just like standing up on the stage just crying because like it's been, it's been a long journey to get to this point and to all, for all three of us who went to Belmont together and all had our first number one together. It was just like one of those so super special moments. Is that how you and Tyler Hubbard are friends? Yeah. From college? Belmont, yeah. Mm-hmm. They came. They came to one of my first shows ever. Who's that, they? Brian and Tyler. So they came, and I was probably playing for t- to like eight people at Twelfth and Porter. And two of them were Brian and Tyler. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so they were literally a quarter of the crowd. And uh, and man, it's just like they came up to me afterwards and were like, "Hey, bro, cool vibe, cool songs." Whatever. Oh, they weren't friends with yours then. No, they saw you play they while saw, you guys were both in school. Yeah, yeah. And so they were they were like songwriters at the time. They were just like, "We want to write. We've been writing songs together." So they invited me over. We wrote my pretty much first EP together with FGL, and that was like the the start of it all. I mean, not not for me, and then <laughs> that was the start of it for them because they went from just nothing yeah. to they played me the demo for Cruise, and I was like, "Well, see y'all later, bro," because y'all are gone, taken off. And you guys are like close family friends. Mm-hmm, yeah, you and Tyler mm-hmm, are. Yeah, we're very close. I feel like every second Instagram picture is you on his or his on yours. Right. Yeah. He's coronaing right now. He is, bro. In the bus. He is. He's straight up quarantining. Have you talked to him? Yeah, I have. Is he playing? Well, like, is he playing video? That's what I would do. I put myself in the mindset if I was playing video games or if I was trapped in a bus, I'd play mm-hmm. video games. 
I would have all the time in the world to work, but I would keep going, well, since I have all this time, I'm not going to work yet. And my work would right. continue to be put off. Yeah. What, what is he doing? I would be the same way. He, dude, he told me he's written like five songs by himself already. Jeez. And he's just like, that's him though. He just like never stops. I mean, you never stop either. But I don't have a talent. Like I don't have a skill. Don't that, no, sell no, no, yourself I, short. I'm telling you, this is the truth. My podcast, let me talk. <laughs> I don't have something that I can just bet all the chips on and go, this is my talent. I stand behind it. My, my skill is knowing that my grind is going to keep me here. Okay. I've worked, we've all worked extremely hard, but at least you can sing. I can do nothing. I go out and I fail and figure things out slowly but surely. But thank you for saying that. But I think, I think a... You're never going to convince me I'm talented. All right. And when okay. people tell me, if people are like, man, you're, you're very talented, I get offended. Okay. They're like, man, you're... And you're, you're so talented. I'm because like, no, you no, think no. they're demoted. De- yeah, because I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not talented at all. Yeah. I just show up. Right. Yeah. You I do. Mean, which is weird that I get upset at folks for telling me I'm talented. Like even when Russell said that triggered me. <laughs> I was triggered. Like, I, was like, up, I was like, that's not true. <laughs> I was uh, reading your, your wife's Instagram, which by the way, if you want to hear Russell's whole origin story, because you are basically an X-Man. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a, one of these with Russell and his wife the mm-hmm. first time. Maybe the first time we met. That's when that was. No, yeah, we had right met around, before, right around then, because your wife saved me outside of the Ryman yes. doing a show, mm-hmm. and then you guys came up a couple days later. Yep. All I know is there. I'm going in the back door at the Ryman. There are a lot of folks, and a lot of those autograph bots, people that want you to sign something so they can sell it immediately. Yep. And I'm being hounded, and a, a voice jumps in from the clouds and goes, "Stop." He has to get inside. <laughs> and I looked over and I was like, who is this masked Amazing. figure? And it was your wife. And she escorted me in the, in the, yeah, in the Ryman for the, an Opry show that me, you, and Michael Ray did. Yeah, that night. yeah we were there for that show, yeah. All right, enough. I'm going to read you something she wrote. This was on, his, on, on her Instagram. This man is celebrating his fourth number one on country radio this week. I'll never stop celebrating your accomplishments at Russell D. The little ones, the big ones, and this is the big one. I'll never stop celebrating because I know what it costs to get us here. Sleeping on seatbelts and vans. Watching you put on an arena-worthy show to six people in a field who would listen. Barely getting by. Being told no over and over again. All of it. You never wavered, not in your dreams, your work ethic, or in your character. Some people are given success in spite of who they are, and you are given it because of who you are. I'm so thankful our son has you to look up to in every way. Four for four, baby. Let's celebrate with some carabas. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. There are a lot of things yes. I'd like to talk about in yes. just this paragraph. For sure. I, I think your wife's fantastic, by the way. Love oh my her. gosh, dude. She's such a writer, man. She is. Mm. Love her. Okay, up first, let's talk about the sleeping on seatbelts and vans. Straight up. Because when you have to lay down in a van and you can't get the seatbelt, there's nowhere to put it. It won't go under dude. the seat. Yeah, there's there's the seatbelt, like the actual belt with the buckle. Yeah. And then there's what you the buckle it into one. that literally is up your crack. Like and you can you, try. You can put a pillow over it. It never stays. Still, no, still. Your hip bone just digging in. Dude, it's the... God bless any and everyone still to earn in vans. I'd like to tell her that was a, a really fantastic reference that I could feel in my body. Because yeah. when I first started touring doing comedy, I just slept in a Sprinter van sure. in the middle seat. Because mm-hmm. the back seat had crap in it. But the yeah. middle seat, that seatbelt would suck. Right there, bro. Do, uh, tell me about a... Because she must be talking about a show specifically she remembers. Were you ever in a field and there was... Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were opening up... I bet the one she's talking about is... Well, dude, there's been a <laughs> lot. <There's, laughs> actually, I have GoPro footage of this show. It was... It's 
So we did the NACA circuit, which is National Collegiate whatever Association of whatever. So they put on shows. So they brought us in for like maybe two fifty five hundred bucks. So we drive eight hours, the whole band, everybody, and it's for their like, you name it, like registration day. But like nobody cares, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody come, came to this function, and they just like they had like cotton candy and popcorn and everything, and there was legit maybe twenty total people just scattered around these little stations, and like zero people up at the stage watching us. And so you know that was normal for us what goes on in your mind whenever you've been paid to do a show but nobody cares my honestly my mindset was we'll get there one day like i you just, i just if i hadn't gained six new fans that show she's talking about then great like that was my mindset of like we will get there one day six people at a time if we have to you know, and like, it was just in my mind, it was just arenas. And, you know, I watched Garth Brooks DVDs. I watched Keith Urban's DVDs of their, their live show. And I just like, in my mind, I would just kind of go there when there's no one, when no one cares. And there's six people in a field. Isn't it crazy too? You mentioned Keith. He used to play in an airport. He would stand on that, that thing where the bags went around <laughs> and he would say, people would be annoyed that they were playing. Right. And he had to visualize something. Dude. Like there's something that he had to focus on mm-hmm. just to get to that next step. Yeah. Now here you are. We have a lot of new artists that listen to this podcast specifically because we put on producers, we put on managers. You yeah. know, it's a little more on the weeds. But what's great is you're talking about this because there are a lot of new artists right now listening mm-hmm. who feel like they can't get that full step forward. It's, it's constantly a step backward. What do you tell them? You just got to keep showing. Like you said, you got to keep showing up. That was what... And you have to you have to do it humbly. You can't you can't rush trying to you can't be too good for that two hundred and fifty dollar show. You know what I mean? Like there comes a point where it financially doesn't make sense and it didn't, but you know, I was you just have to show up and show up humbly and keep showing up. Taking two fifty because two fifty will turn into five hundred to a thousand to five, you know, until you're opening up for Thomas Rhett, opening up for Kane Brown. And, you know, that was, I, I know I don't take any show for granted because I've been, I've been there. You know, it's like, it's like rich people who used to be homeless. Like they know they came from nothing and now they have every, I'm not saying I'm rich. I'm saying, you know, listen, I know cause I'm living it. Right. Like I was a yeah. welfare food stamp kid. Yeah. And so I appreciate what I have even more than that. Yeah. The same way that, mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Um, I want to mention one other thing and then I want to go back, but Carabas, that is also a place that Caitlin and I, we, we'll do Olive Garden on normal nights, but when we get fancy, we go to Carabas. Dude, because you are speaking our language. Because Carabas is like 22% nicer. Yeah. Both are great. Yeah. Love them both, but Carabas, I might wear pants. Where I'll wear, <laughs> I can wear sweats to I Olive wear Garden. cargo shorts yeah. to Olive Garden. The Carabas, I feel like I need something with a seam. Yeah. Well, because the, the, first of all, the wait staff is dressed a little nice. They're dressed twenty two percent nicer. Nice, you know what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, Krav is fantastic. Um, the thing I was going to ask is, professionally speaking, and then I'll, uh, we'll talk personally in a second. But professionally speaking, what's the what's the one moment where you're like, oh, it all changed right then? Like, what's the what's the one moment you look back and go, that is where my career took a big pivot in the right direction? I think the first one uh, was the first time I got asked to play the Opry. 
Cause that is, you know, that was the, I mean, every country artist dreamed to play the Opry eventually. And so I remember, I mean, I cried when I found out that I was going to play the Opry because it's, it was, it was so long of turned down by every record label turned down by, you know, everything still playing these six to these six people shows and all that stuff for years. And, and this was, this was like, I think yours, my first song had come out that me and my manager released independently. And that was when I got asked to play on the Opry, that was like, Oh my gosh, somebody recognized somebody took notice of what I've been doing for years. And that was like the first step. Uh, that was kind of the first one. Who invited you to play the Opry? Um, I remember my agent telling me, but I guess it was Pete when he was okay, there. Okay, so Pete before, because, yeah, I played, mm, Sally was the big invite for me. Yeah. Who was like, hey, come play the Opry a bunch because they wanted to bring comedy back. Yeah. I guess for Pete, I just went and watched the Opry. Right. And then now Dan is running it. Yeah. And, so, it's, and it's fantastic. Yeah. It, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. And he... I see. Yeah, it was because this was at the Grand Ole Opry House mm-hmm. that I got invited to play. But have you, you played the Ryman? I did that night. It was the first time. Oh, so with n- you. That was the first time I'd played the Ryman. Really? Opry, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That's right. That was. Wait, I just told the whole story and then I lost it. That was the first time you played the the Ryman. First time, yeah. Have you you haven't played a show there yourself? No. You're never. ready. For, you're ready for it. And I'm telling you, talk about crying getting invited to the Opry. You're gonna be like, I've been in here. I've played the Opry, but now that people are coming to this building to watch me, it's going to be a moment that you haven't got to have yet, but that you're going to have and really yeah, appreciate. 100%, dude. Because you can sell the Opry now. You, sure. I don't know if you heard, but you have four number ones. Right. <laughs> this uh, new baby you have. Oh, my gosh. Because I watch, I watch, I'm, like I said, I'm a Russell Dickerson stan, <laughs> and it seems like you're really enjoying it. Now, social media can mm-hmm. can sometimes skew. Yeah. How much do you love it at verse, and then tell me the difficult parts about it? Okay. Uh, dude, it is, I mean, it, it is, everybody tells you it's life changing. Everybody tells you, but I mean, you just can't, you don't know until you're holding a human being that you created. And so dude, it, it is, it's obviously the best thing ever. It's but I not being on tour, not, you know, careers being at standstills, everything like this is worth it. I wouldn't trade this year that we've had for first of all, her to be pregnant this whole year. And then September 10th, this guy comes and rocks our world. And you know, like I thought that in the middle of the night when I got to change up, wake up and change his poopy diapers and all that stuff that I'd be like, oh God, like here we go again. Like, please just go back to sleep. But like, I'll find myself just like, can I keep him awake a little longer and just like rock him at three in the morning? You know what I mean? When sleep is just, who cares? Cause this dude, he's already growing up. He's already changing. And I'm like, I want every second to look into his eyes and for him to smile. And like, that is like, like I, I went to run the other day, like to work out and like, you know, I get 15, maybe 30 minutes and it's like the fastest, ter- fastest time I've ever run ever. Cause I'm like, I got to get back to my son. Like I miss him so bad. I got to get back. I got to go, 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 go. You know what I mean? And it's just like that real. I was talking with Caitlin, and we're, we're getting married early summer next year. Yes. And we were talking about, because I figure we'll have kids 
a little over a year after that, right? Mm-hmm. She's not pregnant now. Right. I don't think she is. As of this moment, <laughs> we do not think she's pregnant now. Um, and I was talking. I said, hey, you know, why don't we get like a, a night nurse or night nanny? She's like, I don't want that. She goes, I don't want, I want to be a mom to this kid. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to sleep through the night. Yeah. So I don't care about a day nanny. Right. Yeah. How about a night one? Yeah. She's like, no, I think that's our job as parents mm-hmm. to get up in the middle of the night. But I was thinking last night, it's funny you bring up the night. I was like, I'm going to be miserable. I'm gonna be, I don't want to wake up and change a diaper. I'll wake up and spend all the love, loving sunshine hours with them. Yeah. But you're telling me I'm not going to hate it as much as I think. No, you're not. I swear. The yeah. other thing she wants me to do is watch the baby come out of her vagina. I did that. And, I do, and I'm anti-seeing that because I don't think I can handle that. What would you recommend? Physically, like can't Both? handle it. Oh, well. oh, like vomit, pass out. I don't know about vomit, but maybe pass out. Yeah, but also like, ooh, right? Like, <laughs> it's like skin rip. I don't need. That's just not what I can. Nobody likes it. Right, but not what I can think I can take healthily. Yeah, but what, I mean, as far as like attraction to your wife, dude, don't even. It, it's so much hotter. Like afterwards. What are you talking about? When you see when you see a woman do that, she is she is now superwoman in your mind and she can do anything. But I I, I recommend it, bro. I feel like I've Watch been told it. I'm wrong in two things. One, <laughs> shut up and wake up and go change the baby because you'll like it. And two, here comes the head. I need to be right there. Dude. GoProing it. I suggest that <laughs> with a GoPro on my head. head. Here we go, baby. <laughs> How, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, uh, that's just my suggestions. How was labor for you? For me? Yeah, I know. Listen, I almost needed to get an epidural. I'm, I'm going to be real. Right. Like how <laughs> stressed out were you? Was it a long process? It was, dude, it was so, it was quick. We checked in at 5 a.m. She got induced though. So uh, she got induced and she started having like crazy. Cause I didn't know, this is my own ignorance. I didn't know that like the contractions the whole time leading up were like crazy painful too. I thought it was just like pushing the baby out and that's when, you know, everybody's screaming and whatever. But it's like she started having contractions and she was like, she's a tough girl and she was like, baby, I don't know. I can't, I can't do this much longer. I mean, she's like leaning over the bed and like, I was like, okay, wait, let's get, get you your epidural. And Were so, you calm and collected or were you like, totally. oh my God. No, I was calm. I was calm. Nice. We're, I feel like we're both pretty calm. And so as soon as she got the epidural, she passed out. We watched New Girl for like three, four hours. The nurse came in and was like, uh, you're at nine and a half centimeters. Time to go. So came in, pushed for maybe 30 minutes and watched the baby come out of her vagina. Mm. You don't make it sound any more appealing. <laughs> the epidural, <clears throat> does it still hurt even though you have an epidural? Is it just less of a hurt? No, I think from your like ribs down is completely numb. And so she, I was like, babe, you made that look so, like 30 minutes after. I was like, babe, you look, you made that look so easy. She was like, honestly, it kind of was. I was like, wow. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's not the case for everybody. But she is, again, superwoman. Well, congratulations. Thanks, bro. You made me jealous. I watch. watch the baby come out of the vagina. That's I know. All I'm that's what I hear. That's what I'm hearing. Well, just from you, but that's what I hear. <laughs> uh, December 4th, today, the big record, huh? Yeah. So stoked. 
You ha- are you happy with it or no? I'm blown away. Like, I'm so proud of it. Uh, you know, I, as a songwriter, and I just, I feel like record one, you know, you have so many years to write songs for your first record. And this one was so short. But, I mean, there was no shortage. I mean, I got two songs with Charles Kelly on there when we were on tour with Lady A. You mean you wrote with Charles? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like it came so naturally and the song choice was so, cause there was like a certain vein that we're headed towards and love you. Like I used to really set off that tone and the title track Southern symphony really, uh, drives that home too. And so I don't know, it was just like, it was such a fun process and so proud of every single song. Here is never get old, which I believe is the first track. Yeah. yeah. First track. Here you go. So is I saw you doing uh, air guitar there. Dan Huff, not me. I wish. Dan Huff, dude. He's that's that's one of my favorite guitar solos of all time. Did he produce your record? Yeah. He pro- mm-hmm. and the great thing about Dan is he's also the best guitar player. Period. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just played on Michael Jackson records. It's cool. Yeah, Paul Abdul. Don't worry about that. Gosh. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. What <clears throat> have you announced the next single yet? Uh, no, but I mean, I mean, don't. it's not a hundred percent official, but it's probably going to be Home Sweet. Which, uh, it's number two, it's track two. And here's the clip. Yeah. I don't want to have a clip of that one. I'm just okay. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, <laughs> <We did. let's laughs> well, maybe later we'll, just, in, we'll insert it. Hey, the song Come to Jesus. I haven't heard it, yeah. but I, I'm assuming Come to Jesus, I'm going to assume just by looking at a title, isn't going to be like a Come to Jesus moment. It's probably a song about your relationship with God. True or false? It is, it's honestly more of, surprise like a love song it's like she's my come to jesus oh cool because i feel like kales and i like i feel like i'm like the adhd all over the place super hype crazy she's she has to calm me down and get my head straight and you know i'll make crazy decisions any any time of the day and it's that a bead with her like calm steady wise countenance that as we all know she carries did you celebrate your fourth number one with a, because I know you love wine. I've been to your house. You have wine corks from everybody. You're just wine mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Did you celebrate with an extremely nice bottle of wine that you normally wouldn't celebrate with? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It was a, uh, I don't know. It was a 2011 super $2, Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no way. God. Only if it was a gift. Have uh, you been gifted? More than a thousand dollar bottle of wine? I think so. Dustin Lynch gave me a let's this it's a six liter bottle. Like it almost comes up to my waist uh at the end of Thomas Rhett tour. Do you have a palate that can tell the difference between expensive and cheap wine? I would like to think so. I but I don't know. I I can mainly if I if I know that I'm tasting expensive one and taste the cheap <laughs> one, I'll be like, Oh yeah, this one's way better. <laughs> Is there a club for Artists that have topped the charts with every release since their debut single, because like Luke Combs did it, you did it, you know. So you guys, I think that's talk amongst each other. My, I haven't talked to him about it, but mm. my uh, my manager just told me that me and Luke Combs are the only two solo solo males to have four debut in a row. How's that make you feel? Insane makes me want to jump out that window with excitement. 
And you would. You are the most excited, life-loving guy I've ever met. I mean, I drove up. I was coming home from the opera, and it was dark, and I'm driving in. And uh, to Russell's credit, he was there 10 minutes early, which I loved. And I see just a tall guy wandering in the dark yeah. when, with his hands up in the air, like, what up? <laughs> What's up, baby? He's like, What's up? Uh, your wife, she gave you a lot of direction with Love You Like I Used To. Mm-hmm. No chance on getting her a songwriting credit. But I mean, saying a song sucks doesn't really give you <laughs> songwriting credit. You know, I've heard that a lot. I'd have a lot of writers if that was true. But she did. Yeah, she, I appreciate it because it was not good. It was not what it is now. Really? Yeah. Oh, not at all. I wish I had a clip. I same melody. A clip. The same like. I don't. Yeah. I mean, like I used to. Is about this. That's it. That we kept. And so you took her her feedback and said, okay, we're going to rewrite the song. Yeah, after I calmed down. What do your other writers say, though, when they're like, what's your wife doing telling us how to write a song? We'll see. We're, I mean, we're all like college friends. We go way back. And they know, she used to write songs at, at Belmont. Kaylee did. And she's and, a good singer, by the way, too. Yeah, great yeah, singer. Yeah. And so she, she has this cute little indie pop kind of vibe that she writes and stuff. And so, you know, she's got a great ear for it. And uh, yeah, she told me, she was like... This, the title of this song is better than the song you just played me. I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it was, it was, I was like, I worked my butt off all 2017. This is the first song I wrote in 2018. And and I was just like excited to get back in the saddle and just even, you know, just appease me and say, okay, cool. But she was like, no. She was like, the title of the song is better than this. So we did. We, we were out with Lady A and I brought Casey and Parker out and completely just stripped it down and rewrote the entire thing where did the name remington edward come from so uh kales has a friend so kales kind of like prayed for a bunch of dreams like she's a dreamer she has these crazy prophetic dreams and so she'll like text lauren akins be like hey i had a dream that you named your kid something you know what i mean and she's like oh my gosh that's what we were gonna name our kids stuff like that like i don't even know so she was like, I want, I want some dreams about getting ready to have kids and when should we start? And um, so she did. She had a few dreams. She was like, but I also want other people to tell me that they've been having dreams too. So, of course, like our, some friends are texting her every once in a while, like random, random people. Like one of our redneck friends, this dude was like, hey, I had a dream y'all are pregnant. Weird. Cool. Talk to you later. She was like, wow. And so one of our friends said she had a dream. And then came back two weeks later and was like, okay, I have a confession. She's like, in the dream, it was a boy. And his name, I didn't tell you because I wanted to name our kid that. But some one of her, <laughs> one of her friends had just named their kid that. And he was like, in the dream, his name was Remington. And we were like, yo, that's kind of sick. Love that. And what was confirmation for me was, so I'm Russell Edward. My dad's Richard Edward. Uh, his dad is William Edward, missed the R there, but then Robert Edward was my dad's, my great granddad. And so R-E-D, it's all Edward middle names. And I was like, I want to do R-E-D to keep that tradition going. And it was an R name. I was like, done. That's, that's it. That's great. Love it. And so he comes out and he's like 10 pounds, right? Dude, that's what I'm saying. Back to the vagina. Sorry. Is this too much? Mm -mm. Can't get enough. (laughs) back to that so watching watching while i'm holding my wife's right leg you i saw this little little head like i'm like oh my gosh it's 
it's freaking happening. It's like, what is that? I'm just trying to give a visual for the people three inches and around. It's like, oh, wow, little cute guy. And his head comes out and it's like, (laughs) and it's just like, oh my dude it rocked my world because i thought you know we have this little baby going out and dude he came out 10 pounds for the nurses were freaking out too biggest biggest baby one of the nurses has ever delivered they have to get a net like a big fish it's like all right we got him we got him <laughs> no, we did put, put him in a cooler too was he long yeah 22 like, and a half no idea what to compare that to because right. you're, you're an extremely tall guy is he tall a tall yeah, baby yeah very tall how tall are you six four so he, uh, we took him to the doctor, like the, his two week checkup. He said, this baby is bigger than 90% of my two month olds. He's a monster. He's huge. When did you grow? Like 20 or 21, bro. You weren't six was, four and t- towering above everyone. No, in your life? no, no, no. I was like maybe six foot in high school. Never made the basketball team. I was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. You know, I tried out for basketball team all the time. Never made it. I don't know. I can't jump high. I was in the marching band, dude. I was in the marching band. Okay, I'm going to ask you a somewhat deep question. I love it. And we're going to end on this. Okay. Because we've already we've done 40 minutes already. Listen, hey, I could do this for two hours. Us. Are you doing? Are you going to CMAs? Mm-mm. Are you watching CMAs? Yeah. We watch them. It's, listen, I don't really want to be anywhere, and I get COVID tested three, four times a week, but mm-hmm. I'm going in the back door. I'm going to present an award, and I'm going right out the back door again. At 100%. I do the exact same thing. I think next year could be a, a good year for you, though. Mm-hmm. So when when this, about the CMAs? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, are the ACMs just just that industry? You know, because as soon as you pull the string on that sweater, then the first person gives you some little nod somewhere. That's it. Then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Right. Well, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Hundred percent. That's you know that's what I'm excited for about this album is I mean it's been three years since I put out my first one. You know. Because the singles take so long at radio for a, for a new artist, and now I feel like we've kind of come to that point of, you know, maybe they'll go a little faster. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think you've earned that, right? Yeah. Listen, I don't control it, but I think you've earned right. that, right? So here's my question: What are you trying to say with this new album? Mm, that's a fantastic question. Wow, that is deep. I'm trying, I mean, I think I'm just, I think I'm learning how to tell my story more honestly of, you know, I'm not afraid to brag on my wife, obviously, uh, with lovey, like I used to and, and home sweet and just to really, I don't, I'm just trying to tell my story. Like Southern symphony, the title track is, is all about, um, these sounds from my childhood. And that's what, that's what makes the Southern symphony is, uh, you know, where I come from, we wash up before supper. You don't talk back to your mother or you get your butt worn out. And just like, I feel like as a songwriter, I've matured a lot and an artist. And what I'm trying to say is just tell my story better. You are a unicorn that you grew up in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most folks don't. No. Most folks that do don't pursue music. Because they've been around it their whole life. Yeah, they're just like... Especially the it. artist side. I know two. You could probably help me out on this to know more. But I know two. Uh, you and who's the other one that, that, that you think I'm going to mention? Tucker Bethard? No, but I guess his dad being here as a yeah. writer. That influenced that. Okay, I'm going to know another one. How many can you name? Go. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of... 
I don't know. Who else? No other Nashville. Mike, who can you name from Nashville? Mm, can't think of one. Let me. You can. Let me make sure. I'm going to give you. Here's your first hint. His, he has a girlfriend that's a Canadian country singer. She's American, too. She lives here. But she's uh, Canadian. Any idea? No. Okay. He, I think, has two number ones now. Uh, he did a song with Seaford. Oh, Thomas. No, Thomas Rhett. It, he was Hendersonville. But, but his dad, yeah. That's yeah. True. I guess all the kids of writers. Right. Um, like he has way more than two number <laughs> yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to give you better hints because this is the game we're going to end on. He um, he had a song that was a bad word, started with a B. Right. Oh, Mitchell Tenpenny. Right. Ah, uh, he's a native. He's a Nashville okay. native. Yeah. So basically you and him are guys that didn't come from lineage, mm-hmm, yeah. country music, right. born in Nashville, raised here, and decided I want to do this crazy yeah. job. Yeah. I remember I, Josh Turner sang in my dad's church choir. Long black yeah. train. You know what I mean? And I just remember, I was like, Dude, if this long, he had long, dude, hair down to his butt. And I was like, if this dude can make it. Josh Turner had long hair? Oh, yeah. At Belmont. Wow. Yeah. Like crazy long. Who did you see at Belmont that you were like, oh, I mean, they're for sure going to make it? Anybody? Uh, You know Jordan Reynolds? I did. He wrote Tequila, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know from Dan and Shay. Yeah. So he, there's a country music showcase. And, you know, you you audition and everything. And then you do like this big student production. It's like, it's like an arena show and everything goes wrong every time because the students running it, but there's a winner and it was like me and a couple other people. Jordan was one of them. And like, I go out in the crowd and I'm like shredding my guitar, like playing everything. And I was like, dude, we crushed that. And then like there's industry judges and Jordan Reynolds beat me. He beat me. Do you remember who the industry judges were? Was anybody cool? I'm sure they're all cool, but anyone that's someone who isn't inside the industry would think was cool. Wasn't no, like not Shania. Really. No, oh, right. my gosh. No, it's like an intern at some startup publishing company. Nice. You know what I mean? Well, congratulations, <laughs> man. Dude, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having me on. No, I was pumped. And when you hit number one again, I was just, I told Mike, I was like, I want to get Russell up. I know this week's pretty nutty for everybody, so I appreciate you oh, bro. driving up and, 100%. and doing it. All right, Mike, anything you'd like to say to Russell? I think the tagline for this episode now is back to the vagina. Pew, pew, back, pew. Back to the- <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks, Russell. Hey, Thanks, wait, 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 everybody. Follow Russell. It's uh, Russell. R- it's just spelled a little weird. Let me yeah. walk you through it. R U S S E L L E. D. That's it. Russell, middle initial, last initial. That oh, was all that was available at the time, you know? And, uh, and I had to make initial. up. Middle initial. It's not Russ. It, it looks like Russell. Yeah, it's like Russell, yeah. Russell E. D. So I had to make or up a slogan. Russell erectile dysfunction. That's, that's how we should all E-D. remember it. Yep, that's right. it. We'll end there. All right, there he is. Russell Dixon, everybody. <laughs>